Hi guys and welcome back. This is episode number two and as promised this is an unsolved case out of Heflin, Alabama that I came across. Now there isn't a whole lot of information so this will probably be one of the shortest episodes that we do but this case I had never heard of until I started researching unsolved cases in Alabama which is pretty sad that it's been almost 20 years and there has been no resolution for this family. This is about Monica and Dalton Rollins. Now, if you want to look on Facebook, there's a Justice for Monica and Dalton Facebook group page. Go ahead and join that. Keep in touch with the case. I am also on that page to keep track and see if there's any breaks in the case. Right now, there isn't a whole lot of information to go on just because the police department is taking control of the case by keeping a lot of the information kind of on the DL just so that they make sure that they get the right person and so they get all the details, which totally understandable, but I felt that it needed some recognition and just to get the word out there that this case is still open and needs to be out in the public eye. Now, Monica, who was 23, and her son, Dalton, who was 6, she also had a 2-year-old named Aaron, lived in Heflin, Alabama on Sugar Hill Road. Now, Monica was also 36 weeks pregnant with her third child. There's no mention that I could find anywhere about the father of, or fathers of Dalton and Aaron and or the third child. It didn't say whether or not there was a dad in the picture or a father figure, so that, I assume, is one of the details that's been holding back or held back by the police department. Now, this is going to be a little graphic, so if you're easily nauseated or upset by child-related cases, this is probably not one that you want to listen to just because it is so brutal. On September 16th of 2001, Monica's family hadn't heard from her for several days, so they went to her home to check on her and make sure everything was okay and that she hadn't gone into labor prematurely and that something was wrong, being as she was 36 weeks pregnant with her third child. Now, that day, family members, or family member didn't say, had found the bodies of Dalton and Monica and Monica's unborn son, they had been stabbed to death. And the unborn child was partially delivered. It didn't say whether the attacker had manually tried to deliver the child or if she had gone into labor and was trying to deliver the child. But I assume it was probably the attacker just, just because of the the way that the bodies were found. Now, her two-year-old, Aaron, had been found hiding in a closet with a flashlight. Now, at two years old, that's something extremely traumatic, and it's not known publicly whether or not Aaron had seen the attacks and was either put into the closet by himself, or that is something that the attacker did put them in, or put him in the closet. It's 
completely unclear. And there is speculation that this was done by either a family member or a friend. And it's, it's just awful. It's all speculation at this point, so there's nothing solid. Um, now, in 2015, the Attorney General's office had stepped in to help investigate the homicide. But investigators have been very tight-lipped about this case just because of the level of brutality and the context of what the case involves. Um, just they don't want to release information just to avoid false confessions and whatnot, which is totally understandable. But like I said earlier, this this is almost a 20-year-old case that has very little to no media coverage whatsoever. And I feel it just needs to be out there. I hope in this case, and now her son Aaron, the two-year-old at the time, is now an adult. He had to grow up without his mom and his brother and his unborn sibling, which it was unclear if it was a boy or a girl. But if this was witnessed by him... I'm sure that this has probably scarred him for life, and hopefully he doesn't remember it, but awful attacks like that can stick with a kid and kind of fester underneath without them even knowing. Now, I'm really hoping that some light can get shed on this case so they can, the family can finally get some rest because they deserve it after 17, almost 17 years of having no justice for Monica and Dalton. Their police department phone number, if you ever have any tips or if you think you might have seen anything, heard anything, know anybody that might be even remotely, remotely involved, which I highly doubt, but the police department number is area code 256-462-2291 and that's where tips can be called in to the Heflin, Alabama Police Department and please spread the word, get this out there and hopefully this family can find some peace for Monica and Dalton. Okay, so in between cases here, I'm going to let you know about a new thing that my garage bar has started since the last podcast. It is called All Pucked Up's Hockey Summer, where they are going to continue to discuss the news, rumors, trades, and free agency. And now Scott is a LA Kings fan, and he loves the fact that Kovalchuk has been there and looked. I'm just kidding. He hates it. Go on Facebook, go give it a like, join in on the discussion. He would love to have you talk to him and pick his brain. He's full of useless information and lots of hockey statistics. Go give it a like. Okay, now I've talked about Monica and Dalton, but that is only one case in a myriad of cases that are unsolved in Alabama right now that deserves attention. So right now I'm going to talk about a few more unsolved cases that don't have a lot of detail as well, but is taken directly from the Alabama dot, or AL.com 
which is the Alabama website that has a lot of the unsolved murders in it. And this one is out of Tuscaloosa area. And it is Charles R. Dick Salmon. He was a 72-year-old resident of Auburn who was found dead of an apparent gunshot wound at the service station he owned and operated in, now I'm going to butcher this, Oblica Road in Auburn on July 22nd, 2005. They had gone, officers had gone to the Saco service station that morning for a welfare check, but that's when he was discovered to be deceased. Um, Police detectives are saying that it was more than likely a robbery gone bad. There are still uh, detectives working the case and any leads, so you can get a hold of the Auburn Police Department. There is a cash reward offered for information that leads to the arrest of the suspect on his case, so just keep that in mind. Another unsolved case is Patricia Vickerstaff, who is 33, and she was found fatally shot in her home located in the 1400 block of Lee Road in Auburn at almost 2 o'clock in the morning, August 15th of 04. Now, there is an anonymous tip line for her case, and that is area code 334-246-1391. There, the next one is Jerome Brundage and Carol Oliver. Now, this one is a double homicide. It's saying an Auburn man and his girlfriend were found shot to death in their residence on Turks Willis Road on July 23rd of 2009. There isn't a whole lot of information on this one, so there is no information whether I can tell you if there's a suspect or not, but this is, it's awful. This one is an 18-year-old girl, Melissa Slater. She was found shot and killed on Audubon Road in Montgomery around midnight of January 10th of 2015. Uh, She was shot by a drive-by shooter and had just finished getting her hair done. This is ridiculous. Uh, The Montgomery police haven't identified any suspects yet, but her mother, Melinda Pitowski, said that Melissa had been talking to her friends when she was shot in the chest. She had been rushed to the hospital, but she passed away before her mother could get there to see her. Now, if we could just get names, I will post the link on the Facebook page to some to these cases so you can look them up for yourself and that's just one small portion that needs to be covered more in the media you know these cases are some of these cases are almost 20 years old there's a few that are more recent closer to the 10 years but they regardless still deserve recognition and their families deserve justice so if there, if you know anything, tips, call them in. You never know. Even if you think it's unimportant, it could be.
be the difference between solving the case and still having no answers. So it doesn't hurt to reach out regardless of what you might think. Okay, so this next batch is going to be out of Jefferson County in Alabama. This county has more than 80 homicides that have taken place as of 2017 alone. As of July 13th, 82 people had been slain and including 53 in the Birmingham Birmingham city uh, area. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. Now, this one is about Christina Anderson, who was 30 years old. She was gunned down in Birmingham on New Year's Day. So she was the first homicide of 2017. Now, the shooting happened just before 10 p.m. that Sunday, but Birmingham's North Precinct officers were dispatched to the 800 block of Center Street North on a report of someone being shot. They had arrived at the scene, but they weren't able to find a victim, but they did see evidence of a shooting. Later in the investigation, it had led them to Princeton Baptist Medical Center, where they found a vehicle outside of the emergency room with blood inside. Um, Hospital staff had told police that the victim had been shot and was being treated. Anderson, who lived in Hoover, was then moved to University of Alabama Hospital, where she was pronounced legally dead at about 2.23 p.m. the following day. Um, authorities have said it believed Anderson was walking down the street with another person when she was shot. Family members remember her for her laughter and her giving heart and her free spirit. And again, another one I haven't heard of. So anyone that has information can get a hold of Crime Stoppers, which is area code 205-254-7777. Uh, The director there is absolutely fantastic. He'll take care of you. Or you can call the Birmingham Police Department at area code 205-254-1764. Next is Julian Garcia, who was 21. And this person was found wrecked in a car in Bessemer on January 8th of 2017. A police officer who was en route to another call came upon the car, I'm sorry, two wrecked vehicles about 4 o'clock in the morning on 9th Avenue. Garcia had been suffering from a gunshot wound and was found in the driver's seat of one of the vehicles. He also was transported to University of Alabama West where he was pronounced dead at 4.38 a.m. Police Sergeant Cortese Miles off, said that officers had found multiple shell casings in the parking lot near in a nearby bar. So that's where they're thinking that Julian was shot. Again, you can call the Bessemer Police Department at area code 205-425-2411 or Crime Stoppers at the number that I listed for Christina's case. This one is a younger individual. His name is Tyron Bennett. He was a 17-year-old Fairfield High prep school sophomore, and he was gunned down outside his best friend's home on January 17th as 
him and his friend were getting ready to walk to school, which was about 8.20 a.m. on the 800 block of Valley Road. Neighbors had heard two shots and a car pull off, so it was something that was intentional. It wasn't just a drive-by. This was something that had been planned. Now, Bennett had collapsed on his back in the walkway in front of his best friend's house, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, Bennett was the oldest of four siblings who lived with their mother on Valley Road. He would walk with his friend each morning to school, and it's just a shame that he was so young and his life was taken from him. Now, Belle Gully, who lived in the house between Bennett and his friend, said you won't find anything negative to say about him. He was a gentleman in the truest sense of the word. If you know anything, please call the Alabama Crime Stoppers. Again, that number is 205-254-7777. The next case is DeCarlos Jordan, who was 39, and he was shot to death at about 8 p.m. on January 26th in the 4900 block of Court Street in Al or Birmingham. Police had arrived on the scene to find him laying on the ground from what appeared to be multiple gunshot wounds to his body. Fire and rescue services pronounced him dead on the scene, and the investigation showed that Jordan was killed when he was leaving a friend's house. According to a witness, Jordan had just walked out of the home and several gunshots rang out. Again, this is another one that was planned. It wasn't a random shooting. God only knows what was going on in the heads of the shooters. And Lieutenant Sean Edwards said that the shooters clearly knew the victim. There's too many of these in Alabama. This is insane. Too many drive-bys or planned shootings. Um, The next case, and now again, these are all cases I've never heard of. Maybe because I'm in New York and these are in Alabama, but it doesn't mean that they don't deserve recognition and these families need some justice for them. Uh, this is Derek Washington, who was 23, and he disappeared April 3rd of 2015. His remains were discovered January 29th, 2017, by a man who was squirrel hunting in the Booker Heights community near a vacant home on Shady Grove Road. Police department had, I'm sorry, deputies responded to the scene at about 3.30 p.m. And they were led to a densely overgrown area where the vacant house was and the remains of Derek were located. Jessica Jackson, who was Derek's mother, previously said that her son was last seen wearing a dark blue thin wind jacket and tall tea dark blue jeans and black Air Force Ones. He was last seen in Birmingham's Wylam community on 9th Avenue in a white Dodge Charger about 1 a.m. on that day in 2015. Jackson, who the mother again, said that her son doted on his young daughter and was looking forward to having a second daughter who he never got to meet. This is heartbreaking because these little girls are growing up without their dad now because somebody decided to take his life. Now, his mother also said that he always wanted to be with her and he was home more after the baby. So he was he was a devoted dad. 
they had to tell him to stop buying baby clothes because they wouldn't have any place to put them. Now, hopefully we can get some justice for his daughters. The Jefferson County Sheriff's Office is area code 205-325-1450. And last one I'm going to cover for this week is going to be Charles Lee Brown. He was 27 years old, and he was found slain February 3rd of 2017 on Interstate 2059 in Western Birmingham. West Precinct Police responded to the scene near the 20th Street shortly before 1.30 a.m. That day, on a report of a wreck after they received a call from a passing motorist. When they arrived, they found Brown unresponsive in the driver's seat of the Ford Explorer. He had been shot in the head and was pronounced dead on the scene. The SUV had hit the barrier, but there was no damage or injury from the impact. Officers said that the front driver and passenger windows were shattered by the gunfire, but there was no other damage to the interior of the SUV. Sergeant Brian Shelton stated, Here we have another life taken in a violent matter, manner, and it's senseless. Hopefully some of these cases can at least get solved. I will probably put out another shorter episode listing more unsolved cases in Alabama just because they all need recognition. These families deserve justice. Their kids, their mothers, their fathers, these were all people who were well loved. Again, Alabama Crime Stoppers is absolutely wonderful. The director, Tony Garrett, is fantastic to work with. So if you've heard or seen, or again, know anybody that might have remotely had anything to do with it, please call, make the tip. It could make a huge difference in these cases and in these families' lives. All right, so that's all I've got for this week's episode. And again, I apologize that it's so short, but there's not a whole lot of cases that have a ton of information that have allowed me to dig deeper and research as much as I'd like. Now, there's only one more episode left for Alabama this month, and it is on a serial killer named Daniel Lee Siebert, and that'll come out between next Wednesday and next Thursday, and I will have a guest host for that. The case is super interesting. Next month, we will be moving on to Alaska, so keep an eye out for those. Alaska is always interesting just because it's so far up in the great white north and we don't hear a whole lot about it down here. So if please don't forget, go give us a like, a follow, review, anywhere that you listen. Please feel free to tell a friend or five. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And as always, stay disturbed.